And I believe we are live. Hey. Hey, welcome to the Magicians Gone Wild Very Foot First podcast. So we're going to be starting off this podcast. We're going to do it regularly enough, hopefully, at least if people care to come watch. So for those of you who don't know us, my name is David Peace. This is Steve Spade. Uh, so we're going to start off with... I guess just telling us a bit about who we are. If you can hear cars going past, sorry, we're like everyone else in lockdown sitting at home. Uh, so, Steve, why don't you tell people about who you are, what you do, and that sort of stuff? Sure. Hey, everyone. Uh, I'm Steve Spade. I'm a magician, illusionist, escape artist, and um, I'm dubbed Ireland's Houdini um, because I do underwater escapes, straightjacket escapes. I occasionally try to blow myself up, and I haven't, uh, it hasn't failed yet. Um, I've been doing magic all my life, doing magic since I was a kid. Um, I've been lucky enough to work with some uh, magic consultants from from across the uh, across the seas in the states, uh, like Morgan Strepler um, and a few others. And Morgan obviously had worked with David Blaine and, and Chris Angel and other people like that. Um, we're hoping actually to have Morgan on the show and a few other surprise guests in the next few weeks as well, which is going to be great. And uh, we yeah, just we put out some feelers to some magicians already, and the feedback we've been getting is amazing. So. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about the the podcast, and just we're just going to try to fill a void, really, because um, there isn't really a podcast like this in Ireland, and I think it'd be great just to kind of shine a light in it. Um, so yeah, that's me. That's 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 what I do, and you can check out everything that I do on um, www.steespademagic.com or houdini.ie. Back to you, Dave. Great, lovely intro. Uh, for people who don't know, my name is David Peace. I'm a magician and mentalist from Ireland as well. Uh, davidpeacemagic.ie if you want to learn any more information about that. I um, mainly do mentalism now. I've started a bit of everything. I've worked with Steve on some of his stunts, consulting on them to make sure he doesn't kill himself when he tries. Uh, I have also successfully predicted the World Cup, even put a bet on, which I know is a bit immoral, but you know what you're going to do. I had to, had to get some winnings out of it. Like if you know who's going to win the World Cup, you might as well place a bet. Uh, so that's me. I've been doing magic again since I, I was a kid. It's As uh, it's always been said, magic isn't something that you get into. It gets into you. It's an obsession. My wife has to put up with all the magic stuff that's everywhere in the house, which I think any magician watching that can relate to. And yeah, so today's episode, we're going to be going over some of our favorite movies that have magicians in them or revolve around magicians. And also we'll be just going over... Uh, some other things that have come up if there's any questions from people who are watching you can shoot them in and we'll be able to see them and uh, then also we'll be doing our segment that we're going to get all our guests to do going forward which is the good the bad and the ugly of magic so that's what we're going to be doing there going forward so uh, to start off I guess you might as well start talking about the movies you posted something earlier on Facebook Steve about the prestige because I think it's now on Netflix which hasn't been before so uh Right with that, what? I don't know. What <laughs> why don't you tell people like wh- why you love the Prestige so much? Yeah, I mean the Prestige. Once again, oh, sorry. Stay hydrated. <clears throat> stay hydrated. Yeah, stay, stay hydrated, people. Um, we're not we're not sponsored by anyone, but thanks, buddy. Go cheers. <laughs> definitely not. Um, definitely not by Irish Water, anyway. <laughs> Yeah, we're just a fan. They're not a sponsor. But um, uh, yeah, The Prestige, I watched it again uh, a few months ago. And then last night I watched it again. And it was just, every time you watch it, you take something away from it. I think Christopher Nolan just hit the nail in the head with like the perfect movie, really. Um, even if it wasn't about magic or whatever, it's such a good story of that kind of rivalry type type thing. It, it's just a brilliant movie. Um, and it's really captivating. And I think I think I like it because it has, has that kind of, that kind of, um, periodic kind of piece to that kind of Victorian style um it's, yeah. it's just a movie and it really it really does kind of draw you in and every time you watch it you kind of there's little bits that you kind of forget or you little missed or, or little things so I love that little, that method of storytelling that he has is just it's just brilliant and it also just looks great it's shot beautifully like it's a it's a it's a perfect it's movie. It's Chris Nolan like you know you can't go yeah. you can't go wrong with the guy who did The Dark Knight or Memento or uh, Inception Oh, like he's just an incredible storyteller. I remember when it first came out, somebody asked me what the movie was about, and I said it's uh, Wolverine versus Batman, and they were like, "What?" <laughs> they yeah. were quite disappointed yeah. after watching it <laughs> with Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, yeah uh, not. We might touch on some spoilers 
when we're talking about the prestige because it's hard not to when you're talking about it so if you haven't seen the prestige basically go watch the prestige it's i think it's probably christopher nola's most underrated movie and i've heard a few people say that so hopefully that means it's like starting to pick up and is a bit more yeah. popular but it's like it, it's it, a great the actual grow. yeah but the actual movie itself yeah. is a magic trick yeah so absolutely. like and it has a start, middle and end and obviously for people the, the opening um the opening credits with um michael michael kane speaking about it he explains what the prestige kind of is in the opening line and that that will set you up for the whole movie if you just if you just listen to exactly what he says there um yeah. which, which is brilliant. but that that's the that's the, the amazing part of the storytelling in it i mean obviously it was a fantastic book from christopher peace uh, uh priest i think it is uh, originally um and then it, it just a brilliant screenplay and then an unreal film um, and I love the cameo from David Bowie. I forgot all about that. Uh, yeah, he's so good as Tesla. Yeah. Because Tesla is quite a mysterious character as well. So he fits in really nicely in that, like, he would be the type of guy who'd be inventing stuff so magicians can do real magic. You know, it's a, it's like perfect. And David Bowie as well is the perfect guy to play that sort of a person. Yeah, it doesn't even seem like it's David Bowie. It seems more like it's actually Tesla. And and even even that opening scene, when when you see him, um, and uh, the, we don't want to ruin it for people with the, with the, the top hats with the multiplying top hats, yeah. and uh, it just it just sets that whole picture of that era of mystery. Because not Andy Circus know. is really good in it as well. It's it's cool seeing Andy Circus not doing like motion capture stuff. It's actually Andy Circus being yeah. Andy Circus. Like he's not Gollum. He's just like Tesla's assistant, which is great. Yes, yeah, like, and, yeah. and he's brilliant. Yeah, I love that scene with the what do I have in my hand? And yeah. as he's walking away, and he's like your pocket watch or whatever. No, it's, it's just yeah. a great movie, and. Um, Every time it's one of those movies you can put on, but you're not gonna like sway. You know, you can put on a movie and then kind of half watch it kind of thing. You can't do that with prestige. Doesn't matter how many times you've seen it, you still end up watching it. You know, right through. Yeah, I remember I was showing it to uh, my wife Hillary before, and usually when a movie's on, she checks her phone and like might fall asleep and then wake up, and I'm like, no, no, not this movie. You will have no idea what's going on. Yeah. That's I think with any Christopher Nolan movie, you just like. It's not something you can just have on in the background while you're relaxing. It's more of an active... You'd be actively watching it rather than just passively sitting back and enjoying the movie. But yeah, but it's, it's the whole, the whole movie. Feels, it feels like you're watching a theatrical performance from start to finish. It might as well be a play or anything else. You know, It doesn't really have just a kind of a... a like like we said, just kind of a background movie kind of a feel. It feels like you're, you're actually seeing a full theatrical performance during it. I mean, obviously, the actors are, are fantastic and... and um, uh, Scarlett Johansson and everything you mean the, the cast yeah I completely <laughs> forgot she was in it until uh, I saw the poster again when it showed up I was like oh my god Scarlett Johansson is, is in this movie completely yeah, no, forgot it's perfectly casted it, it, it's uh, we're not just we're not just saying it because obviously we're magicians and we, we like that whole genre anyway, but it's actually a brilliant movie you can make it about two you know rival race car drivers and it would still be a fantastic film yeah it's basically Talladega Nights but for magicians <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or Step, Step Brothers for magicians yeah, exactly. It's I I find what I always find amazing about it as well is that like I just saying when you rewatch it like there's a it's there's a there's a twist in the movie not to give anything away, and yeah. it catches you completely off guard. You're not expecting it in any way, shape, or form the first time you watch it, but then when you watch it more times, it's like so obvious. <laughs> like they're like little yeah. hints that are there throughout the movie, and every time I watch it, as you were saying, I picked up something new every single time. It's like it's it's my favorite movie. Like of any movie it's like the go go to it's it's that and star wars but i usually just go with that that is like my favorite movie if, if i had to watch a, a movie i'd on the prestige yeah exactly and another kind of an unsung one is um the illusionist with edward norton yeah that they came out without like a month of each other it's kind of like hollywood does that sometimes with like armageddon and deep impact and there was yeah. like the prestige and the illusionist by two different studios released like i think one month apart from each other and it, I, it, I always think The Illusionist is in the shadow of The Prestige a lot. Yeah. And I remember, because I watched it after I'd seen The Prestige, and I was like, eh. After I watched it a couple more times since, and I'm like, it's absolutely incredible movie. Like, Edward Norton's so great in it as well. And some of the yeah. magic that's in it, like the orange tree, it's like, it's for people who don't know The Orange Tree Illusion, it's something that is like a holy grail of magic. It's described in an old book that someone did it, but nobody believes that it could actually have been done the way it was done. But they kind of show it on the screen in it's like as it would have been, which is just yeah. so good to see. Like it's um, No, it's, it's definitely because they came out like that so close. It was only like that, like five weeks or something like that. And yeah. uh, one definitely overshadowed the other. And I think just because 
the, the, the cast was so big in the prestige, it did overshadow that. But the illusions, when you watch it back, there's great little twists in it. And you as well, you feel like you're watching a magic trick from the start to, to the finish. And there is that whole element of like it kind of kind of uh, through the magician's eyes, kind of a kind of a premise with it, you know, or through the illusion's eyes in this case. Um, but even that bit when he he does the 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 trick where the, you know the, the guess the hand uh, effect yeah. uh, and then kind of reveals it as well to kind of get the the detective off his scent kind of thing. Uh, it's just a, it's just a great movie. Another another great movie, especially during lockdown. Just dig out these movies and, and watch them. You know they're they're good kind of kind of um I mean they're good two hours long each. I tell you, give or take. Yeah, yeah, at um, least they're good solid movies. So definitely worth checking out. Yeah, the thing, what I always find with The Illusionist as well is I like that it kind of goes into the spiritualist side and where it's like the magic is almost becoming too real and it's scaring the like higher ups because you could see that like that used to happen in old times where the the leader would always have his magician to his side to make sure that the people who saw this guy doing incredibly magic knew that he was with the sultan or the emperor yeah. or whoever happened to be the pharaoh who was in charge. So and it's like if you don't fall in line and you're doing this stuff that makes people believe that you're more powerful than the leader you have to be taken out it's kind of like it's a great message and also i think what those two movies do really well is showing how magicians think and yes. how far magicians will go to get the trick to work yeah that's, that's it because they're, they're both chasing the impossible trick they're both chasing like an impossible uh, even concept um in both yeah. movies they're actually quite similar the movies in 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 kind of even scripting if you think about it um if you watch them back to back um they're nearly they're nearly quite you know they're not spot on but i mean they're, they're the same yeah. kind of genre the same kind of feel and it is funny like the hollywood kind of would do the same thing at, at the same time you know it's it's uh but obviously they were kind of kind of playing off each other whatever two studios were were playing off each other at the time yeah magic was big at the time as well like it was making a resurgence in pop culture so it was like people trying to capitalize on it with these good stories and I, my favorite thing, I think, in the Illusionist is the one where um, he does the sword and the stone. And yes. he has the sword and it's standing there and nobody can pick it up. And then the guy, the leader who's, who owns the sword walks up and goes to pick it up. And he just gives Edward Norton's character that look of being like, you better make me be able to pick up this. Yeah. You better not make a fool of me or I'll kill you. Do you know, it was uh, yeah. really, really, really good to see. Well, I mean, the, the consultants that they have for these movies are definitely magic historians because there's elements of Robert Houdin there with the with the orange tree and you know what I mean yeah. there's lots of different there's lots of and, and Thurston I think as well with the with that sword and the stone premise or the, the light heavy box or something like that would all have been of that of that era. Um which, yeah. which is kind of cool. So I mean they are very they are very accurate with what they're trying to portray in the movie for obviously because they know magicians are gonna watch it and then they want to see how accurate it is, you know. Because there was a situation where he makes like ghosts appear on stage. Yeah. And uh, some magicians used to do that at that around that time as well, even in like more modern time. And then he went to um, that. The technology is still in use. If you ever go to the haunted house in Disneyland, at one stage you see ghosts waltzing with each other, and it, they're using the uh, technology that magicians came up with to make projections appear on stage to make ghosts appear. Like and they're still using that exact method today because it's it's just how you. Yeah, there's no better way to do it. Ghost. Yeah, yeah, it's such a, it's such a good thing. So if you ever want to see that trick done in real life, because no magicians really doing it, go to Disneyland. Yeah, and yeah, if yeah, Disneyland yeah. wants to sponsor us for saying that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they yeah. can hit they can hit us up. They um yeah they use it it's the haunted manor isn't it the the mansion or, yeah the yeah. haunted house the of the haunted scene. mansion I think yeah 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 it's the ballroom scene I think but yeah I mean it, it's such a great concept and it's still I mean I think they use it as well for some of the concerts where they're trying to do you know the hologram concerts of like past um, rock stars and, and like Michael Jackson and things. I think it's, yeah, it's, they did it with two past and stuff. I think they use yeah, it as well for, do you something similar to bring um, the gorillas when they performed live on stage at an award ceremony before because they were just animated characters. They used uh, similar technology to make them project onto the, onto the stage. Yeah, I, I would imagine when it first, you know, was kind of conceived as an idea, you know, you know, as the Pepper's Ghost, and they knew that it would freak out the audience at that time because they were, you know, they were uneducated to to that technology. But even to use it now, you know, probably hundred years on, and still use the same premise to, to, to you know, to entertain people again. It's amazing what what some of these magicians and and uh, illusionists kind of dreamed up, you know, and and it's like that. It's just a, a silly little idea, and it becomes this masterpiece, you know. Because you see it as well, even with in the Prestige, going back to that, when he goes to Tesla to try and get a device to do a trick, 
And it shows that like back in that time, magicians were the highest paid performers in the world back in the early uh, 1900s. So they used to go to the greatest inventors at the time to have them invent stuff for their shows. And a lot of technology that is used was developed by magicians because they were always like one step ahead. So like imagine before televisions were invented, it would be magic. Like me personally, I still don't know how my TV works. I just think, it's, yeah, it's magic. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. Because I, I was talking recently about if you went back in time, could you like invent something and be amazing? And I was like, I couldn't even invent a phone. I have no idea how even a, I can do like a can and a string. Maybe that's about it. Yeah, we should have a can and a string for this. Yeah, I was picking behind the screen. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's how it works. Yeah, yeah, it totally works. Uh, it's a really yeah. long string. But um, yeah, no, but but it, that's another one. So I mean, I think definitely if people haven't seen the Prestige, definitely go watch Prestige. But it, but give give the Illusionist a chance as well. It's definitely a great movie. And Edward Norton like that. It, there, there is essence of that kind of Fight Club kind of character and that kind of kind of uh, kind of trippy moments and stuff within the Illusionist as well. So he plays a broken. The character's a bit broken. He plays that sort of character so well that yeah. it's a um, I think and. Uh, to take another magic movie that I love and anybody I know who is a magician or who knows magicians love this movie, but everybody else who I've ever talked about it doesn't get it in any way, shape or form. And that is the incredible Burt Wonderstone. Oh yeah. That's a great movie. It's a classic the, movie. It's reviews are absolutely shocking, but if you know anything about the magic community or anything like that, it is the most accurate magic movie yeah. ever made. Because right. it's uh, Jim Carrey and Steve Carell play two rival magicians similar to the Prestige, where one is more of a traditional David Copperfield esque performer, and it's then Jim, yeah. yeah, and then Jim Carrey is very much a Chris Angel, David Blaine style person who does endurance stunts and things like that. And I, I remember there was there was the scene where um, there Steve Carell's partner, Steve Buscemi, his character was doing charity and he was giving magic kits to starving <laughs> children for charity and he gave them a dove and they were like dinner and you can see as well that it got so much influence from magicians because all the gags all the jokes in it are tailor-made at the at the magic community you know it's a bit like the movie um the magicians as well with the guys from the peep show um yes British one that that is that is all the the characteristics of like uh, yeah, David Mitchell is very good in that one actually it's uh, yeah and uh, yeah because when you see like the inner workings and you see like the what I love as well and like there's a scene in Fort Wonderstone where him and his assistant are in the box and there's like swords being shoved through it and they're just casually talking like their head. <laughs> yeah, what, what do you want to go for dinner later? And you're like, yeah, yeah that is how it is. Because people always think when you're on stage, it must be amazing. But even when I talk to like people who have um, done theater shows, or even I was watching an interview with the cast of Hamilton and stuff like that recently, and they're talking about that, like when you're doing it like your hundred time, you go off. Say when you're not seen, you might be checking your phone or like oh, I know there's only 10 minutes left in the show, so I'm going to order some takeaway, so we'll be here by the time the show is <laughs> over. And it's like, it just becomes a bit of a routine. But uh, to see that was amazing. Yeah, just just mention that. I know the scene you're talking about. I love the, the something happens with the assistant, and then his PA is just standing there. And as the assistant walks off stage, you just pull off her wig and put it on the other girl because it's yeah. just so interchangeable. It just, the show must go on. It, does, it doesn't matter who who's filling in the slot. Like, I, I yeah, it's a great movie, though. There's loads of, and that kind of, that kind of cocky arrogance that that um that Steve Carell plays as the yeah. best illusionist or or the what you know the originally was the best illusionist in Vegas um is just is just brilliant and then to see his kind of downfall uh, throughout yeah. the movie it's it's very funny when they did the the glass glass box thing when they were uh, it was kind of like what David Blaine did in London was in the glass box but they were doing it in Vegas so it became like an an oven and they were like melting inside yeah. this box with no air. It's like they're only in there for ten minutes. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a great movie, definitely. And I, I, I was actually, I, I was digging out actually old school, as old school as it can be. Actually, DVD. What? Look at that. What? Look at that shit. But look, um, yeah, but at it's least the it's original. not VHS. It's not VHS, but it's the original nineteen. It wasn't. This wasn't the original, but this is the original movie from nineteen fifty-three. Houdini with Tony Curtis, and I can remember they watching DVDs in nineteen fifty-three. They did, yeah. Especially this one. 
just just this one. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I'm about. Magicians are ahead of their time. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. You can't float. That, that's the best thing <laughs> to do. But um, 1953, yeah, Tony Curtis. I remember watching this at like Christmas time with my with my dad and just being like, it was the first time I ever saw a straight jacket was, was this movie. Um, and it's just it's yeah. just a great movie, and it has that really nice you know family kind of movie to it. It just it's the story of Houdini like right to the end of, it, of his life, but it has all the it's it's just a, it's just a good kind of family kind of rainy day Sunday movie kind of a thing. Yeah, and I need to take that out and watch it. Actually, I, I need to see if I can find it online somewhere because it's been too long. But I remember having to order this in the states because I couldn't get it anywhere in Europe at the time, and I just wanted actually like a hard copy. I mean, yeah, you you'll find it online in places. Um, but there's a great scene where he's doing. He gets challenged to do a um, a straitjacket escape, and it's a real slow motion scene type thing. And it's it, uh, it's way be- before it's time for 1953. It's just a good scene, and uh, you can yeah. see the panic on his face and everything uh, as it goes through. But the, whole, the pretty much just it's it's a very accurate story of, of his actual life. I mean, from start to start to end, definitely yeah. worth checking out. Do you have the one actually you showed me earlier of the the more modern Houdini uh, series? Yes, that one. That's that's a great series actually. If nobody's seen it, because I love the bit with Rasputin in that show. Actually, it's great making the the bell yeah. ring, which is a true story. But uh, so on to the whole Adrian Brody. Actually, by the way, plays a fantastic Houdini. Spot on. Oh, he yeah. His characteristics, and he had to actually learn um, some magic and stuff through it. I watched a documentary about it. But he, um, but it, it's very accurate. To be fair, the, most of the effects that he did in it are ones that Houdini would have done, or would or would be documented in in books and stuff like that. I know it's very shiny. We'll go that way, yeah, but, um, yeah, yeah. It's not actually upside down. Who upside down? So there, so there you go. <laughs> we talk about his his water torture style and anything that you you know if you just have an interest in Houdini or escapes or magic of that era, definitely check it out. It's a two part kind of it's a it's it's a movie, but it's a two part kind of series type thing. Um, I think it shows really well in that as well how much he'll keep performing no matter how much pain he's in, which is one of the reasons why he ended up dying so young was because of his appendix burst. But he said he had to go back on stage, so it's yeah. A, you kind of get a little bit of a feel for the um, the man behind the myth as well. There's a bit more of his kind of. It's a lot of it is fictional. You can you can tell, but I mean, it, it, they kind of try to spread it out that he's not just the guy escaping from stuff. You see a little bit about the connection he had with his mother and his own connection with his with his wife and all this kind of stuff. So you can see him more for the man instead of just being just being the magician. So yeah, no, really yeah. really well done. I think it was uh, they- produced by the History Channel actually. Yeah, it was, it was produced by the History Channel, um, but Channel Four. It was originally on Channel 4. I think it still might be on all four somewhere, the app, if you can get it. Yeah, it's about three um, hours long, give or take. Yeah. the um, And the other movie I was just thinking there, which Keith Barry consulted on, is the Now You See Me ones, which are, mm-hmm. again, are very good. Uh, I prefer the first one to the second one, but I, I really, I just think the twist in that, again, all about the twist is very good. And again, this hints you can't have a magic movie without a hook. It has to be a big, long trick at some point. It has to catch the, yeah. the audience off guard. You know, I mean, obviously with the Houdini story, if you know his story, well, then you know the movie. It's like the Titanic. I wonder what happens, you know. But um, yeah. but if you know the story of Houdini, that's that's what those movies are. Um, but yeah, definitely. Now you see me. The first one is really good. That that kind of and I, I love that. Any any movie with a good twist at the end is always going to draw you in, and it's going to make you want to watch it more than once. So yeah, cause it's kind of like Ocean's Eleven meets Magicians, you know, and it's like the because even like in Ocean's Eleven, you see people do character tricks and stuff because it's just good for dexterity, especially the pickpocket uh, mm. characters. So like it's a uh, it's great, and uh, it's, it's interesting seeing in the sequel that Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter himself, playing uh, someone who is really likes magic, is uh, very good in the sequel too. Well, we well even even what we do, you know, when we're kind of like describing a, a stunt or working with a stunt crew or whatever, and we nearly always explain it with a deck of cards. Be like, okay, so you're the eight of hearts, and you're over here, and you're whatever, and it is like working out like a heist at times, you know, when yeah. you're trying to to do that. And, and I think they portray that quite well. But obviously, with Keith and um, Blake Voigt and uh, and even Copperfield as a consultant, it, it's fairly accurate for what modern day magic is. Especially how Woody Harrison played the great character who I think Keith was working with more closely as the mentalist character and how yeah. they used his skills to be able to get people's like bank security questions and that sort of stuff is uh, very good. Like it, it works. First movie where he has the, the opening scene where he's he's hypnotizing the, the woman not to be able to speak and he's reading the guy's mind and he's like, who's who's Cindy? Who's who's in? Who, you know, he's in all these names. Yeah. He's like, her sister. <laughs> so good. And then he. <laughs> He just hustles him for like a hundred bucks or something, not to not to tell the wife. 
Um, yeah, it's, it's a good movie though. But I mean, they all have their they all have their um, their part to play in it. You know, I mean, for anyone, that, it's it's a it's a group of magicians that are trying to to do this kind of a this kind of a scam kind of thing. So yeah, I don't want to ruin it for people. I know some people haven't seen it um, because it, it you know it, it, one of those ones as well that kind of maybe under got undershadowed because it came out obviously in the summertime and things. Yeah, which one do you think? Out of the ones we've listed, if you had to watch one of them, what one would you watch? I think The Prestige. Same, yeah. I think it is The Prestige because I think it just draws you in and it, it does make you ask questions and you kind of don't know what to believe from the start, but it's a great movie. But I think it's got the most, out of all of them, I think it's got the most longevity. Like, you'll watch it more and more times. Yeah, it's got really good watchability because I always think because, which we didn't really mention at the time, is that like the storytelling in itself, it jumps forward and back in time quite a lot which makes it really hard for you to remember every bit of the plot. So even if you rewatch it the next day or like a couple of weeks later, you, the order of the events that the movie happens is always going to be different to what you remember because it's so edited out of time like that, that it's hard yeah. to actually recall, which again makes it more rewatchable even without the fact that you're just looking for hints of, for twists and stuff like that. And Michael Caine is in it just being Michael Caine, which is always a good thing. Yeah. Who's yeah. also in? Uh, who's also in? Now you see me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, he, he's uh, he's tight caster for magic movies now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I think we'll leave talking about the things there. We're nearly on half an hour now at this stage. Cut for uh, the movies. Yeah, that's that's it for the movies. And there's no questions know, coming yeah, in because yeah. we're not that I'm interesting, gonna, I guess. <laughs> I'm trying to work out um, some other uh, some other magic movies, and I actually found a few other ones, so we might come back to that another time. Yeah, yeah, it'd be good to talk about ones that like because we touched on the ones that are pretty well known. But I'd say there's loads that people don't even. Did think you ever hear one? Like, did you ever hear one called Magic with uh, Anthony Hopkins? No, that's a really old movie. Anthony Hopkins is like one of his early movies, and it's a weird movie. Like uh, when there's a ventriloquist doll in it and stuff, very creepy, kind of just strange movie that you're kind of scratching your head for for most of the movie. But um, def- that's another that's another kind of a that's a bonus movie for you to check out. Yeah. Um, but if, if anybody's watching as well, who's got like suggestions for movies that like have magic in them, it doesn't need, need to be a completely magic movie, but maybe a character is a magician or something like that. Uh, yeah. Definitely comment it somewhere so we can go watch it. Because as you're saying, we've nothing else to do with our evenings because we've got no gigs. <laughs> I had another bonus one as well, a movie called Willow, um, which is about like a kind of a kind of a Game of Thrones kind of a feel, like there's like dwarves and warriors and, yes. and knights. And there's a great scene in the opening scene of that where he does the, the flame through the arm um, yeah. illusion. And, uh, and and the main one of the main characters is uh, is kind of a, a wizard of sorts. Um, so there's magic in it, but I know I know there was consultants and things involved in it at the time. I think Jim Henson had something to do with it as well. So it's that kind of, like like the labyrinth, it's that kind of kind of um, fantasy movie kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And there's the, the shorts as well. That uh, I think Disney did it where there's the magician and the rabbit with the teleporting hat. Oh, Pixar did it. Yeah, 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 Pixar, Pre- yeah. Pre- yeah, Presto, Presto, I think it's called. Yeah, that that that's a very good. It's, it's on Disney Plus. If anyway, it's Disney Plus. It's like three minutes long, but it's very good. I really yeah, like that. Cool. So, so will so we yeah, talk it'll about? Just, it'll just show you how um how popular magic is though, and it becomes a pop culture thing, and they end up. Making making movies and things about it. I, mean, I heard rumors that they were they were making a Thurston movie with Johnny Depp. But that would be great. Yeah, yeah. Because there's so many more happen. people from that era besides just Houdini, who people like. Uh, even like a Dunninger movie or something, I think would be very interesting. Yeah, exactly. And uh, any of the other, I uh, Die Vernon movie as well. I think is something that should be made. Yeah, and probably yeah. Will I'm sure. I'm sure it's it's in the pipeline. Yeah, yeah, and of course, just uh, not forget there's the documentary about Richard Turner as well, which is just incredible to watch. He's a blind magician who's just probably the great, one of the greatest card magicians of all time, and yeah, he can't see. By far, by far the best is, card mechanic ever. You know, just like what he can do is just beyond belief. And then when you realize that he 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 doesn't have he didn't have sight, you know, now at all. Um, but his sight was gradually going while. While he was learning this stuff, it's just it becomes more. He also became a black belt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, even so, in the uh, documentary, he's even on, the he was on Penn and Teller Foolus as well. So definitely check that out if you haven't seen it. Absolutely, in that documentary, there's so many great like one-liners from him, 
Um, and you're just like, this guy has such a belief and and uh, in himself, it's just phenomenal. Even if you're not into magic or cards or karate or anything, just watch that movie just to hear of a man that like doesn't give up no matter what. Yeah, it's very motivating. Makes me feel bad for giving up on like learning a certain sleight of hand moves that he masters because I'm yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. no, my pass is good enough. Uh, <laughs> go from there. So will we move on to the good, the bad and the ugly? Sure, yeah. The good, the bad, the ugly. So I think we can go through. If we each pick one thing each from like recently enough, one thing that's good, one thing that's bad, and one thing that's ugly, and we can let what what is ugly to people can be up for debate. It's completely up to you. So do you want to go first with your for good? What's something yeah, good in magic you've seen? Definitely what I think is good in magic at the moment is the amount of people performing online. I mean, there are so many Zoom shows, even Colin um, Cloud's um, Cyber Mentalist. Uh, he's yeah. taking that off at the moment. And it seems to be selling out. And it's great to see magicians that, you know, not just because they kind of felt like they had to, but because they want to, you know, they wanted to adapt and, and get out there and still perform for people and show people what they were doing. I even know myself that I'm doing a lot more interviews and podcasts. And um, I was on Zucchini Magic uh, in, in California and the Magic Forum this week as well. So it's great just to just just I think that's the best part of, of, of the COVID thing. If you can take anything good from it is that's definitely my good anyway, that people are just out there performing and it's nice to see there's a real sense of community with it as well magicians are kind of talking to each other about different ideas and concepts and stuff so you know yeah, there's a lot of sharing going on with it definitely you know and, yeah. and there's loads of different um reviews for different stuff and everyone's been very kind of generous and stuff so no it's, you know it's, that's definitely my good anyway at the moment yeah because there's a lot of it just shows a lot of innovation because people are looking at tricks that have been done for years and figuring out how they can do them via zoom even things that i've seen people do tricks that i would never have thought would be possible to do to somebody at the other side of the planet but people are coming up with ways of doing it which is just incredible uh yeah. for me i think my good would be something that you sent me a link to the other day which was uh, eric leclerc's uh Foolus performance because that is just so good i love his uh, personality performing i watched him on tv many times but yeah. i think his um his foolish performance and that he's going to be teaching it on his YouTube channel as well, I think is really cool. That is like, he's like, I fooled them. It's a trick I'll never do again. So I'll tell everybody how to do it because it's a pain yeah, in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm no, looking forward to seeing it. I remember when I, I first heard about Eric here, he did a, he was, he was part of a, another thing with loads of other magicians, I think with Jay Sankey. I think that's the first time I saw him. Um, it was like underground jam or, or something like that. And then after that, he started doing his a trick every day for a year yes. on, on YouTube. And then I, I just started to hear more and more about him. Um, but yeah, no, it's great. He, yeah, his personality fits his style of magic totally. He knows exactly what to perform and not what to perform and all that kind of stuff. So, and he's got yeah. the thing, he's uh, very close to getting to 100 subscribers on YouTube. So if people can subscribe to his channel on YouTube, I'm sure it would be uh, very helpful. Yeah, and we'll ask him. Maybe he'll pop on here and have a chat with us at some point. Yeah, fingers crossed if we can get somebody. Okay, watch your The Bad in Magic right now. And I'm like, oh God, what's he going to say to piss off everybody who's watching and backlist us from every magic convention in the world? No, I just, I, that, that actually isn't that much, much bad at the moment. I can't see a whole lot of, of negative stuff. There's an awful lot of exposing going on, but I mean, that's always the case because it's like those who can't do expose, that's literally it. Um, so that would definitely be my bad. It's also my ugly. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. But no, there, yeah. is, there is more and more of that. There is more and more of that happening. But to be fair, it, it is a bit like um, like when the mass magicians started exposing stuff years ago. It, they're, what they're exposing, average, you know, real professional magicians don't do those tricks anyway. So it really doesn't really matter. But I think the idea of kind of like breaking away the, the mystery out of magic and kind of forcing people to know the method, even though you may or may not want to know, uh, I think that's kind of a bad thing, right? Yeah, it is the bad because I know some people who like they follow magic people on YouTube or Facebook and TikTok because they like watching magic, but they don't ever want to learn how magic's done. And like, anytime like I might let something slip that how a trick was done, they go, oh, don't tell me, don't tell me, I don't want to know. So then they're following people. And because they're following magic people, people who are doing exposures are getting into their suggested feed and they're learning how to do tricks that they never wanted to learn how to do. But I have had people talk openly about going like, 
oh, sure, I know people, they do tricks where they turn over two cards when they're doing it. And I go, oh, yeah, yeah, I hate when the people do that. And then I just, like, I do it, and I still fool them. So, like, you know, it's all about, like, people, it's like a, it's a little bit of knowledge, but you can still fool them with that same piece of knowledge as long as you change the presentation. Like, the key carrot, yeah. I think, is a great example of that. Not to give away that, but there's a technique called the key carrot, which is in pretty much every beginner kid's book, but I use it in my magician fooler because it's something that nobody does because they think everybody knows it. So when you do it in a slightly different way, people have no idea how it's done. There's so many great moves like that that are, are, are techniques that are underused because the people, because you learn them early in your career. And then by the time you start being, being professional and start doing shows and stuff, then you're like, oh, I'm, I'm too good for that move now kind of thing. And then that's the, that's the move that will fool you because you'll, you'll get cut out with something that you learned very, very early on. And you'll have forgotten the concept. And it's actually funny now to see so many magicians kind of digging back into those effects to make them yeah. work for Zoom and make them work for their live, their um, interactive shows and their online shows. Because uh, th- there's nothing wrong with those methods. Those methods are probably 100 years plus old. I mean, they're, they're, they, they, they will always work. They're always solid methods. Yeah. I do. You said that that was also your ugly, but you have anything else that you would throw into your ugly? Oh, my ugly. Um... Not really, to be honest. No, I mean, there, it, also, there's not a whole lot happening at, at the yeah. moment. So there's, there's no news in, in the magic front. I did see, uh, I, it's not ugly, though. I think it's a, it's a positive thing. I think uh, Max Maven is, is judging a competition online to find, like, a, a social media magician type thing. I only saw oh. a tiny bit of it. So I think it was Max Yeah, Maven that's another good. <laughs> that's definitely a good. Um, at the end of the prize, you know, prize money and all that kind of stuff for it. I need to get more details on it, though. It was literally a, a tiny little clip. I saw. Do you have any anything in the ugly side of things? Uh, probably my bank balance from buying too much magic stuff. <laughs> I was exactly. actually going through some of my magic stuff, being like, I've just had boxes and boxes and boxes. Like people talk about that you've got your magic bottom drawer, and they're like, oh, this trick will never go into your bottom drawer. And I'm like, I've got like twelve bottom drawers full of magic. And as you were saying, now is the chance to start using because some of the stuff looks great in a video, you buy it, you're like, this will never work in real life and I don't really do video stuff, but now it's time to start, stop letting it gather dust and dig it out and be like, I can now do it on camera for people. And well, that's just amazing. it, you know, it, if it looked good in the trailer, that means it's, it's going to look good, you know, if you perform it in a Zoom show or even just for your friends. I mean, that's definitely another part of the good thing that you can just pop on and do a quick trick for your friend or somebody you know that might be at home on their own or whatever yeah. and just just kind of break up their day a little bit. You don't have to be doing live paid shows or whatever. If you're a magician, you should just be able to pop on and do it. My ugly as well, actually, is magicians calling themselves magicians when they're exposing magic. As soon as you expose anything, you've lost your title of being calling yourself a magician. If you teach magic, that's fine. We, you know, the, the greatest magicians in the world teach magic. Uh, and that's fine. But yeah, absolutely. And we all had to, you know, but I, I never... I never watched really exposed magic to learn when I, when I was starting off, you know, you, you dig into the books and you read all the old books, but that's not exposure. That's, that's study, you know? So, um, especially when it's, it's people teaching stuff that they don't have the rights to teach. Like people, for people who don't know, there's a magic market, we say where magicians who come up with their job is they come up with tricks that they sell and then magicians take them and adapt them for themselves. So they make a living selling tricks and then there are people buying those tricks and then going online and being like, this trick that a guy is selling for 50 quid, here's how you do it. And like you're hurting people, especially at the moment where a lot of these magicians can't do performances. So their only source of income is people buying tricks that they're selling. People do forget that it is their livelihood. And I mean, there's loads of horror stories out there of magicians and magicians. We don't need to list them who they are because people know who they are. But, um, you know, magicians that have been cut out by by companies and cut out by people stealing ideas and, and other, yeah. other other websites stealing concepts and things like that. It is a little bit like the prestige, actually, if you think about it. Yeah, it, it, it yeah can there's be a lot of stealing of, goes on in the prestige. There can be a lot of cutthroat uh, in this game. But I think that, I think if you say... I'm a TikTok magician or I'm an Instagram magician, but all you're doing is exposing other people's magic. Then you've lost it. You're, you're, you're a kid doing tricks and that's it. You're not a magician. Not even doing them. You're exposing them because the situation you have is. Well, is that like community's gone through it? It's why I could just call it piracy. It's, it's the equivalent of just downloading, paying for something, downloading it and uploading it to LimeWire. If that ages. Yeah. Me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, you like, 
puzzled up the line wire for people to download free. It's similar type of stuff because you have to think about how hard it is to actually come up with a magic trick. You have to think about something impossible and then and figure then out a way to do it. Yeah. It's true. I mean, and, and some concepts and yeah. some things so like, use, example, you know, uh, some things we've used in our own working uh, you know, profession has been designed by a magician and it may have taken five to ten years of trial and error to get it perfect that it's good enough to to be a marketed item or whatever. But I mean, we can bring on some people like that. I'm sure they'd only love to talk about uh, the, the, the way the industry is. Um, and and I, I, it's kind of it's good to shine a light maybe on it because half the time it, it's not really it's not really mentioned at all. It's one of those kind of let's sweep it under the carpet and say nothing, you know. Yeah, it's one thing I love actually in David Blaine's more recent specials. You see people like Azzy Wind and Daniel Garcia who are his magic consultants who a lot of the times magicians like hide their magic consultants away because they want to be like, I did everything. I came up with all this stuff myself. I'm amazing. Yeah. And really there's 12 people behind the scenes being like, here's how you do this thing. Go do it. Here's how you do this thing. Go do it. And I think really like the way Blaine is like showing that it's not just him. It's it's a community of people have come together and then he is presenting their tricks. I think is a really good way of showing it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean that that's the, the the thing as well. I mean, even even in my own career, I mean, I know there's some effects and things that I couldn't have done um, without your help and without like Morgan's help and things early on in my career. You know, with different things because yeah. you you're either not knowledgeable enough to to do it by yourself or you think you can do it all by yourself. But you but the reality is anyone that's that's you know on a on a, on a high peak. I mean, like Copperfield and now they've all had they've all had consultants. But I do like the way that. That David Blaine is very open about these are the guys that I work with, but you have to work with people that you trust. You can't you can't be a one man band, not in this game, you know. Even just to shoot ideas off, like there was the time we come up with like ways for you to escape the caravan when you're up in Port Rush, and mm. we were up in your apartment with like chains and locks, lock picks, and like all this yeah. type of stuff. As we were like, oh, if you do this, maybe you could get to the lock this way. I was like, oh yeah, but then if I do this, actually, if we do it this way, it actually works better. And like trying to come up with something all by yourself is dead, deadly hard. But like being able to bounce it off each other, suddenly you go in different ways and pe- everybody thinks differently. So it, it, it's, awesome, it's like if you were writing a script or something and you just give it to an editor or somebody to do like fresh eyes on it, you know, someone someone's going to look at it from, from a different point of view. Or they might look at it from the audience's point of view and they'd be like, well, that won't work because of this and, and whatever. And then it's just knowledge is power, I guess, you know, where um, another thing, I suppose, with, with, with the kind of you know quick Internet magic that's kind of out there now and, and, and kind of gone, you know, the real virus is that I think it's just spread like like wildfire, yeah. especially when lockdown uh, hit. Um, you, you, you are looking at like a 15 second performance. And to be fair, that's all that those those people performing are going to be able to do. You, you, they're never going to be on a a live stage for two hours or anything like that you know so it, it's it, it, it's different for everyone you know i think i think i think there's a, a place for kind of everything but we know and 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 other people and professions you know that there's you can't just put in a little bit of work here and there you have to put in weeks years and, and of it's everything. an obsession like if you're not obsessed with it because i always hear like people go that they did magic as a kid and then it like they couldn't get rid of that itch they tried to move on with their lives but it they couldn't and they say they fell back into magic but i always think that they got dragged by magic back into itself it's kind yeah. of like it, with the picture in my head is kind of like this black monster goo thing that like grabs you and like pulls you in and like t- takes over every part of your life like there's a thing you've had it said to you i've had it said to me that when you say you're a magician magician people go oh yeah you look like a magician and you're like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. has it really taken over my life that much fair enough you're, you're i have like- magic I have playing cards tattooed on me, so I guess that kind of makes. Uh, I have literally yeah. the word magician tattooed on me, so that's that's something. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely part of your life. I know it's it's kind of like that. It's like, yeah, you look like a magician. You're like, I'm sorry, I don't, you know, like it's. This is how know, I've always looked. I've, uh, it's like know, magic taking over. Yeah, that is the thing there with magic now. For, there was that thing yeah. for a while though that everyone had the you know the obviously because Chris Ramsey and people like that are such influential people online. And, and kids coming up along, you know, obviously we got inspired by people like David Blaine and things like that. Um, and it, it subconsciously kind of gets into your, your system. But there was that kind of cloning thing that everyone kind of looked like, like, uh, like Chris Ramsey for, for a little while. You're kind of like a, kind of a, 
a hipster. You could be a barber. You know, it's, it's just, yeah, it's yeah. just like, that, that is the, that's still there. Like, I think the evolution of magic, just to like take a complete segue over this, is that it was like the classical magician was the top hat and tails. Then it kind of like morphed into just like the suit with the bit, the like tie, maybe with cards on it or something. Maybe kind of like the Paul Danielsy look where you're kind of like just in a suit, but it's got a bit of a glitter to it or something like that. Yeah. And then it kind of went really stripped back to just like jeans and a t shirt, Blaine style. And people started dressing a bit more cash and they were like talking very Blaine like and that. <laughs> and then, then Chris Angel came out and everybody went. Chris Angel was like the first big rock magician with like the rings, the chains. He was kind of like hip hop slash rock long haired guy, almost like the death metal magician. Mm. And like you saw, you see loads of people who are in that style because I think like rock and magic kind of go together. But then you see uh, Darren come out with like the tweed suits and the waistcoats and that sort of stuff. And now I think you see, if you see like me included, most mentalists now who are on stage look like Darren Brown. <laughs> That's just yeah. like the style of what people wear now. Yeah, it's it's true, I suppose. But I mean, then you'd see people that like like David Brain will do an effect, not like Darren, but he'll do it in his style. It's it's all down to your your own persona, I guess. I mean, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't really change my style to fit my magic. It, I I try to just make them meld together as as one thing. Um, yeah. you know, but it, I think it, it is the situation it, of that like magic is a hobby of a certain type of person. And it's like, a lot of it's like shy kids and it's a way to break the ice. That's like the cliche magic thing. The shy kid sitting in his room learning magic tricks. And then it's like, a lot of those people will probably listen to a lot of like heavy metal or rock or like that style of music. Maybe in the old days, it'd be like the grunge style of music because that like fits with the lifestyle of being a magician and then as people grow up they become like a bit more like into the hipster style like nowadays a, a magician is someone who like wears skinny skinny ripped jeans and has got the tattoos and maybe a fedora like that's what a magician yeah. looks like you know yeah. well it's I, just... I love to think the idea of like I me mean, even with, with houdini with the with the, the mirror cuff challenge and all those things where everyone was trying to kind of expose him or, or trying to be him and escape artists that are just appearing left, right, and center around his era. It's it's the yeah. exact same, you know. They're around maybe twenty plus years ago. Everyone was like Blaine, and then I suppose it was a generation of like kids like Dynamo, you know, and and that kind of more street look and things. I, I kind of just 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 do your own thing, and then and it'll just it'll just fit. It'll either fit or or it'll be you know a complete. A complete you can kind see of it as well. Like if you want to see the evolution of magicians. Uh, over the last hundred years, you can see it today at a magic convention. If there's like <laughs> a magician who's like the more modern magician, we say maybe like like someone who dresses like us, Chris Ramsey, or like um, if D. Christopher or someone like that was performing, and then Morgan and West are also performing, and then you can see Morgan and West is how magicians used to dress in like the 1920s around Houdini's time. And then you yeah. see the modern, so you can see the evolution. It'd be cool to see like a hundred year challenge of like what magicians looked like a hundred years ago to what they look like now. It'd be very contrasting. Yeah, that's a pretty cool concept, actually. Yeah, the complete segue off the good, the bad, and the ugly. But you know, that's what it's about. Bad and ugly, <laughs> but there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, I thought it was kind of funny when um, I don't know. Did you see any of that, that Tiger King show or whatever? But I saw a bit yeah. of it because. Lockdown and the fact that he like I was watching it with my girlfriend and then she just turned to me and goes and he's a magician. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, anytime I see something, whether you're watching like any show like that where you see someone who's a bit odd, or you see like you'll be watching Britain's Got Talent or America's Got Talent, and you see somebody standing there and they're like wearing like tails that like glitter and like shiny and stuff and I always turn to my wife and I'm just like please don't be a magician please don't be a magician everyone look bad yeah yeah they're doing all like the dad jokes and stuff behind the scenes you're just like please and then they come out and produce the bouquet of flowers and it's like yeah yeah but each to their own too but I mean yeah I mean I yeah I mean like God help them you know what I mean that that's all I can say because they're trying to they're trying to hide behind the the sparkly card tie or, or whatever. You, you uh, see that, though, in, like, 
I can't relate to it because it was never me. Do you know what I mean? But it doesn't mean yeah. that it's wrong. If, you're, if that's just the sort of magician you are, that, that, that's fine. But it, it just wouldn't fit what I do. Yeah, I saw the thing for long, like before, like 10 years ago when those talent shows started. Anytime a magician walked out on stage, everybody rolled their eyes. And now, like, with Shin Lim and Colin Cloud and like, David Penn and Britain's Got Talent got the furthest, he was the first person to get to the semi-final doing magic. And it shows yeah. now, like, that, like, magicians are, like, the favourites to win pretty much every year now. And it shows that, like, the quality of the people auditioning, number one, and also just of the magic community in general has gone through the roof. That's great for, for the whole industry, though. You know, the more magic on TV, the more likely you're going to get booked for different events and different things and different, you know. So yeah, exactly. When, when magic is thriving, even when the Now You See Me movies came out, um, you know, pe- pe- it's on the tip of the tongue when they're watching um, Shim Lim and they see him on the weekends and then people are talking about, did you see what he did kind of a thing? That's all, that's all positives for magic, 110%. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you see yeah. it at your gig as well. It's whoever people compare you to. Like when I started off, it was like, oh my God, you like David Blaine? Or like, oh my God, you like Darren Brown? And then it was like, oh my God, you like Dynamo? And now it's like, oh my God, you like Shin Lim? And like, so it's whoever is big at the time is the guy that you guys compare it to when you're doing a gig yeah, or you're yeah, in a pub yeah. doing magic or something. Yeah. I used to get, do you know David Blaine? It wasn't like you're like him. Do you know David Blaine? I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, me and David are that man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, no, I'll ring him yeah, there one sec. Oh, no answer. Sorry. Uh, you know, that. I mean, like, you, you know, we, we've met David Blaine and we've met a lot of um, industry magicians, you know, like like on, on top of their game. And it is one of those industries that I think it's much easier to meet people that are high ranking guys. Like, I mean, if you're in a rock band, yeah. it's going to be very hard to kind of bump into Metallica. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or me, because they or actually they they should they show up to the conventions, and if you were to go through like a like there's the whole six degrees of separation thing in the world where you're meant to only be six people away from anybody else in the world. I think yeah. in the magic community, it's like a two step thing that like like you could name like David Copperfield, David Blaine, Chris Angel, any of them. I'd say either I am friends with someone who has worked with them or I'm friends with someone who is friends with someone who's worked with them. And that's, yeah, yeah. there's no more than that many steps, you know, because it's, even, it's even a like tiny Morgan, community. Even like Morgan Strepper, I mean, he's consulted for me and he's consulted for, for, um, for Blaine and stuff like that. So, I mean, there's only one degree there, you know, so it, yeah, it's exactly. mad. It really is mad. Um, and it, it, but I, I love that about it. I mean, it's such a, a vast thing, but the community is actually really small, um, you know, yeah. but I mean, there's always, there's always a top tier. There's, there's thousands of magicians, but there's only like a, a kind of a, a select few that are, are, are the real, you know, the guys that are kind of showing through all the time and can kind of re, reinvent themselves and, and all that kind of stuff. And that keeps it relevant. I mean, even Blaine's um, new live show. I mean, uh, no disrespect to him, but I, I didn't know what to expect when I when he said he was yeah. doing a live tour. I, I mean, I always saw him as a street magician and, and just a phenomenal kind of uh, artist. Close right? yeah, yeah. up. And just that endurance artist stuff. I mean, I've always been... Uh, fascinated by all of that you know but i was like how is this going to play on stage but by far it was like one of the best live performances i saw oh, it, was incredible. it was incredible it was really incredible show and as you wind as well performed at that show and did an amazing routine i really liked that i thought it was yeah. great and then the um i was just thinking there that i remember speaking of how close the magic community was i used to watch uh david stone dvds like a lot and then it was actually the first time we met about 12 years ago now because i was just 18 uh, David Stone was doing a a workshop in Cork that you were down at and I remember I was just standing in the lobby of the hotel where it was on and David Stone walked in and like my reaction to seeing David Stone was the majority of people's reaction to seeing like Tom Cruise or Brad Pitt walking to a room I'm like that guy's on TV like just yeah. my TV because I buy his DVDs but like oh my god but still it's your still he was on TV but I suppose that's just it I, when, you're, when you're watching magic and trying to study it or reading people's books it, it's it's probably like the same as like meeting meeting the author or of a book that you love or something like that because it's not that you're just like watching it passively like a movie, like we were talking earlier. It's it's like you're studying this and then you get to meet the person and you, you try to you try to figure out is, is it going to be the same or, you know, but but it's like anything. You go to lectures at these magic conventions and you learn, you know, whatever he's kind of willing to teach. But you chat to him at the bar or you chat to him later on for a coffee or whatever. And uh, and then you get the, the kind of the, the real work and, and you kind of figure out who the person is. And then, then it all kind of makes sense. You kind of know why that type of magic suits that type of person. And then you kind of, 
you get a more rounded pitcher. Like like when we met Wayne Houchin and things like that. Yeah. Um, all his magic suits him. You I mean you'd know that he created he created it for himself. Uh, and yeah, hundred percent. If if other magicians like it, they'll they'll consider buying it or, or whatever. But you can tell that the magic that he does is what he likes to do. Because there is definitely like a celebrity list. Because I I'd be talking to someone, I'd be like, oh, like there's this famous magician. And then I say the name, and they're like, "Who?" And I'm like, "Well, he's famous among magicians." <laughs> we'll leave it like, yeah. like this. There are magicians who, like the general public, have no idea who they are. Who are the like to us? If we saw them, would be like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! You're a god among men!" <laughs> like you know, it's just the uh, it's such a different world that it's like it is like Alice in Wonderland when she could shoot the the whole distance and back. Yeah, wasn't it David Blaine that said that you don't get into magic, that magic gets into you? Yeah, hundred percent. That, that's fairly, fairly spot on because you're looking at two lads in their thirties that are just, you know, that 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 have made this their career. Oh, you know? I'm in my thirties now. Jesus. Yeah, I could tell <laughs> my record. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I always also remember that um, a story that Teller used to sell, but he'd be in a cafe or something, and he'd Sometimes have a. Well, a <laughs> he'd have a paper cup and a napkin and yeah. he'd be sitting there and he'd anybody watching him would see a man take a paper ball put it on the table put a cup over the top of it lift up the cup and take out the paper ball but what he was actually doing was pretending to put the ball under the cup stealing it away putting the cup down lifting up the cup and loading the ball back in so it's kind of reverse magic that he's doing sleight of hand to make something look real rather than making the impossible happen. And it was his way of practicing. And I find myself doing that sort of stuff all the time. Like, even if I'm in the cinema eating popcorn, I'm doing sleight of hand, pretending <laughs> to eat popcorn, even though nobody can, like, see me. <laughs> I'm not performing for anybody. But it's muscle memory. And it's, it's like, I do, I learned this. And now I just can't not do it. It's a complete obsession. And it's the only way you will be able to learn to do it. Yeah, but we know that that ring is a paid actor. I don't know. Well, people always ask me when I do this, which I don't understand, is the ring's magnetic. And the only way I can make sense of that is if I replace all my fingertips with metal bars. Yeah, but then the ring being magnetic. And I know, like, we go through a lot to get a trick done, especially if you know the prestige, like, maybe. But... Blaine would do it. <laughs> Blaine would probably do that. But like, yeah, no, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'll just put in the six months of practice. Yeah, it's a great effect, though, and it's one of those things you can just do. It's like a coin roll or, or anything like that. Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's actually weird. The coin roll. I was telling you about that that consultancy stuff that I was doing for that TV show, um, and that's what they wanted me to teach was a, as a coin roll. I can talk a little bit about it now, um, because yeah. it's starting to starting to wrap up. Um, but yeah, I had to teach a, an actress how to do the coin roll because they needed for a couple of scenes. And then I helped them design the coin as well that they used um, for for a TV show called Foundation. And um, yeah, I mean, it was it was funny that they wanted, you know, out of all the, the kind of magic or flourishy kind of things they wanted, they wanted that traditional coin roll, you know. So it's kind of cool how some things kind of cross between different genres of time and everything that it's still considered, oh, that's a kind of a cool thing that will be visual on, on camera. Yeah, it's like you see is actually um, I learned how to do the coin roll or the the ring after watching the prestige which is actually a bit of a um bit of a coincidence it was the uh one of the magicians i think it was christian bale's character was lying in in bed with scarlett johansson and his hand was there and he was doing the ring roll and i just loved how it looked so i didn't bother like looking up any books on how to do it i just watched that scene over and over again until i figured out the that it's very similar to the ring or the coin or coin roll down the hand so I just practice it over and over and over again until so I could uh, just for the record you're stating that you watch a scene of Christian Bale Christian and Scarlett Bale. Johansson in bed over and over and over and over and over again so you could learn a coin roll damn right there you go you heard that here first people <laughs> <laughs> and it's not yeah at least that's what I told my wife yeah I'm practicing now get out <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just practicing magic I promise um but yeah, I mean, there, there's such great. I mean, there's even coin rolls and things like that in um in kind of gangster movies. You always see it and things like that, you know. And even actually, I was watching the original Batman there recently, and uh, Jack Nicholson does the Around the World with the card for the yeah the, the, the thing. 
I just started doing yeah. that myself one day without really thinking about it. Yeah, you just run around with the film and bring it around. But um, but he does it, yeah. and then it stops. The scene stops, and it's like a jack of spades or something tilted to one side. But it just looks great, you know. It's just just an iconic little moment. And and actually, a little uh, little trivial fact for you: he does the exact same move uh, with the deck of cards in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. So it was obviously nice. something he could do. And the director went, "Oh yeah, do that thing with the deck of cards if you can do it or whatever." And he just put it into both movies. Because I remember I was doing it one day, and then I rewatched Batman movie, and I was like, oh my god, the Joker is doing like the yeah. thing I do. Because I just started doing it in practice. Like, Proficient with a deck cards, you just put your thumb, you just push it around, and then your first finger just brings it around, and that's it. It's a, it's a yeah. very simple, you can be doing it when you're just chatting to people, you're going to spin it around. It's really easy though, you just thumb, push it around. Exposing stuff on the podcast after it's just talking. Like, that's, that's, that, that's the closer to my show, and now everybody's going to be able to do it. There's, there's, there's <laughs> closer to your show. And I was going to do that in Britain's Got Talent next year, like. Yeah, well, that's not exposing. That's just, that's just a, a flourish. <laughs> exposing a flourish. So, uh, we'll just hydrate yeah. up a little bit. Will we? And, will we uh, will we tease we've officially been going for over an hour. Cool. Will we tease some of the the people? Hopefully, that we'll have on in the next little while, or will yeah. we wait? No, they we'll, give a few hints. Okay, well, th- there's no hint needed. We're definitely gonna have we're definitely gonna have Morgan Strepler on. We were talking to Morgan yep. already, and uh, and he's he's all for it. And he wants to talk about some of his new projects, and there's some amazing stuff coming on in the pipeline. Oh, it's gonna and, be anything Morgan releases is a must get. Yeah, absolutely. And he's gonna be developing new stuff as well. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll tell you a bit more about that, and we'll let him tell about it because it's gonna be better coming from him. And uh, I was talking to Will Roberts again, um, and I was yep. on the the zucchini magic with him the other night and he's definitely going to pop on and for anyone who doesn't know will he does um he does magic and he does stunt movie work uh he's a stuntman he's a professional cowboy he does all the gunslinging stuff and um even some of his stuff just on youtube is amazing he's also like a commercial actor and a movie actor as well and uh he was quite jealous apparently because i've, I've got an accent that he'd have to work at uh if he got work in, in hollywood he said you can't oh, get weird. work yeah, he was on with that saying that like, oh my god, it's amazing that you've got an accent, and like to us, he's got an accent. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, we, and Irish people always think an American accent is cooler, but the Irish, uh, the he was saying you can't get work in Hollywood unless you can do an English or an Irish accent. Yeah, um, Benedict Cumberbatch yeah. and Michael Fassbender take everything. Yeah, that's it. And Conor Farrell and everyone else. So, so yeah, so so that would definitely have Morgan. And so we'll just we'll just tip Morgan for now, and will. Um, but there is a few, and I I touched uh, base with a few. Um, really big names in, in magic, and uh, I've gotten yeah, sure, maybe, and and whatever. So let let's see let's see how that goes. Yeah, and if people have any suggestions who they think would be interesting to have come chat with us about magic and their process and anything that they want to discuss, please comment uh, down below or send us a message if you know anybody who'd be interested in being on the show because we want to just have a chat. Like there are other magic podcasts out there and stuff like that, but Joe, watch yours. Uh, and but we want to like have something that will just uh, from maybe from a different perspective and a different angle. So that's kind of what we're doing. And on that, we've also opened up a store where we're designing some t-shirts and hoodies and stuff like that. I'll put it up there. So that's the URL. Very nice and short it's shop.spreadshirt.ie forward slash magicians dash gone dash wild if you're wondering what mgw stands for it's magicians gone wild uh just like normal things but we don't do the wet t-shirt contests uh well, yes well, dave does but it's never on camera <laughs> yeah. yeah it depends like if, if we need to get more viewers like the, the wet t-shirts might come out uh, but yeah, so it's shop.spreadshirt.ie forward slash magicians gone wild. We have some designs up there at the moment. There's some David P stuff that I have, uh, some Steve Spade stuff that he has that uh, we sell at our shows and stuff like that. And also, we are also selling uh, some designs like I'm not a kid's magician, things like that. <laughs> I thought they were sold out. You still have one for yourself. My last one. My last one. The last one. So if people want to start bidding uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. now... We can get that. There's we've got mentalist t-shirts. We've got uh, all uh, the best magicians are called Steve. The best magicians are called David. So if your name is David or Steve, there you go. Uh, I'm not a kids magician. You need, you, need to, you need to send one to David Blaine, and I need to save one to to Dynamo. 
Yeah, and uh, or my wife and Steve's girlfriend are also going to be coming up with designs. One of them is that I am a magician's greatest trick, so that's uh, that's good as well. So it's uh, good to have all of that stuff there. So that's shop that spreadshirt.ie forward slash magicians dash gone dash wild, and we'll have different uh, uh, t shirts and designs up there. So we're going, we've got some in the pipeline that are going to be magician humor, those sort of things that we're going to have up there. So the sort of stuff that random people on the street would look at you and not have a clue what you're talking about, but magicians will find funny, hopefully, if if, if we yeah. can think of anything funny. Just think, like, just think like magician memes that were like, we're laughing our ass off and everyone else is like, I don't, I don't get it. I, what? You know? Yeah. So that's pretty much what you're, what we're going for. But uh, yeah, 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 I mean, like you, it's, you it's, shall not pass is one that's going to be coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That sort of stuff. And the fact that so, we're laughing at it, the fact that we're laughing at it, and no one else laughs at it, means that any magician will want that T-shirt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're basically making clothes that we want, and if anybody else wants them, fair enough. But <laughs> we're yeah. basically designing stuff that we we're going to be wearing. Uh, exactly. I I've got some that I've ordered. Just posted stuff is going to be a while. So yeah, we're. In future episodes, we're probably going to be wearing those things anyway. So if you want to be cool like us, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's in the virtual fucking commas. Yeah, cool. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I think that'll do it for the first episode of the podcast. We've done one hour and five minutes. So I hope people enjoy it. If you can like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff, comment down below, hit the subscribe button, and we really appreciate all help. And Steve's doing the fifty-two car pickup. Uh, thanks so much guys and we will talk to you again in about two weeks thank you thanks everyone see you end